Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. OTAs, day number six, hour number two here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Wesley Euler, Tom Opperman's in for Arthur Motes today. It's Tom Thursday here on the program. You've got us until 1 o'clock, and then Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson with the drive from 1 until 4, six hours of live coverage here every day at OTAs. This will do it for week number two today, but we'll be back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. Nine practices in total here at OTAs for the black and gold. So, Tom, um, I wanted to ask you the same question uh, that we posed to Mr. Backo there in the last segment. If you were Omar Khan, and yes, I'm sure you, like Mr. Backo and myself, we would enjoy that paycheck. Eh. If uh, if you were Omar Khan and you could only add to one position group of the following three, which would you choose, defensive line, running back, or tight end? Well, he kind of talked me off of defensive line, which would have been my original thought. Uh, I guess it would be running back, but he, like Brian said the past two weeks, you know, you don't really expect to use your backup running back that much as long as Najee Harris stays healthy and, you know, he will not have any setbacks, I could imagine. So I don't understand really if, or I don't think that really any of those position groups are really of, you know, dire straits as far as do you need to address them. But if I had to put something into it, it would be the running back position. I, yeah. I think that that would be, I think so. that would be exactly uh, where I'd like to uh, to put a lot of my investment into. But, you know, I wouldn't rule out, you know, maybe throwing in some more offensive line help, maybe throwing in some inside linebacker depth, uh, cornerback. There's other spots, too. I don't think you have to limit it to just, you know, sure. the three that you kind of put me in a box there with. Sure. <laughs> well, hey, that's that's what we do around these parts. All right, we're going to take a break from that for a second because we are pleased now um, to be joined by – let me see if I can get you with that headset there. I think, I think we're all good. Pull that up a little bit there. Uh, maybe – Oh. <laughs> There's always issues down here. We're trying to get Mel Blunt situated with us here. Can we uh can we try flipping that the other way if that makes sense? I think like we got the old that. There we go. Yeah, there. there it is. There it is. There it is. Um, and then all right, one more time here. There Boom. we go. Now we're Perfect. ready to roll. Mel Blunt with us here at OTAs. Mel, how you doing? I'm good, man. Good to see you guys. You as well too. You as well too. So, just what's it like? You know, the emotions for you coming back here, being around OTAs, being around the facility whenever you're, you know, back in in the area and back down here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Well, I, I think it's awesome that they would uh, invite a lot of the retired players to come out. Um, it. it brings back a lot of memories uh even though uh, it's a little bit different the way they practice and but yeah it, it's it's always good to get around something that you love and something that you've done most of your life so it's exciting we you know we we both work closely with craig wolfley obviously used to, to with tunch as well too and, and that's something that they would mention all the time just how much these settings have changed since you guys played and all the different off-season programs and is it is it just purely like the physicality standpoint and, you know, just they, they go, you know, just helmets and shorts and then they ramp up a little bit more. Is that maybe the biggest difference from when you guys were playing? Well, 
I mean, the game has changed, obviously, um, the way they practice, the way they eat, I mean, the nutrition. I, it, it's just a different game, but it's still a great game, and it's still a physical game, and it requires a lot of uh, training and, and attention to details. But uh, as I stand here and watch guys, um, it, it's good to see uh, the speed and the quickness. I mean, <clears throat> it's a young man's game. And so it's good to see these young kids come in and, and um, work on their skills and uh, pursue their dreams. I, I think it's a fantastic uh, opportunity for young people who have the talent to play it. Very few people get the opportunity to do this. And so the ones that do it, obviously, is put in the work. They have the, the talent. Mm -hmm. And so you just hope and pray that they can um, stay healthy. It's obviously so important to have good cornerback play in today's NFL with it being such a pass-heavy league. Receivers are better than I think they've ever been, really. Do you wish that you could be a little bit more physical or that they could be a little bit more physical out there on the defensive side of the ball at that cornerback spot than they let them be? I mean, the rules are way skewed in favor of the offense. I don't have <laughs> because to tell of you this that guy because you're the one reason why. But do you wish they would maybe come back a little bit towards letting them, you know, bump a little bit downfield? You know, it, it kind of sounds like you're blaming me for that. Oh, I'm not blaming <laughs> you for that. <laughs> well, look, <clears throat> I always say that, um, you know, to play that position, you got to have speed, you got to have a short memory, and, and you got to have a certain tenacity about you. And And so, look, the game, they changed those rules in 1978. Uh, and we went on to win two more Super Bowls. Right. So I, I don't think it's, you know, you can use that, but five yards to to do what you need to do to uh, reroute a receiver or to jam a receiver to hold him up, you know, we played under those rules. So the thing about it now is they throw the ball so much until it make it seem like that rule is a kind of a hindrance or a liability to it to the defense or to cornerbacks. But to play that position, you gotta, you got to have speed yep. and uh, you got to have that tenacity. So I don't <clears> – <throat> I told somebody, if I, you know, if they threw the ball as much when I played as they do now, um, I'm, I'm confident that my numbers as far as interceptions mm -hmm. would have been up. In 1975, I had 11 interceptions. They wasn't throwing the ball a whole lot Right, either. right. Yeah. So if they're throwing the ball 20, 30 times at you, you know, even if you just got one interception a game, mm -hmm. you know, you got 16, 17 right. games. Sure. So I, I think it's awesome, and I think it gives opportunities to the defensive backs to prove what their skill set is. And it's it, really about tracking the ball in there and being able to get to the reception area. Yeah. All those things, um, you know, you have an opportunity to do if they're throwing the ball a lot. It, to speak to that, too, Ben Roethlisberger averaged more completions per game than Terry averaged pass attempts per game. Just to, to show you how much, <laughs> how much, how much, changed, yeah. how much that's changed <laughs> and how, how often they are airing the ball out now. It's yeah. Mel Blunt with us here on SNR. Um, you mentioned some of that, uh, you know, youth and, and, and new era here for the Steelers. For for a young team like this, you know, Kevin Colbert is no longer general manager. There's been change in the front office. There's been change to the staff as well, too. You know, Keith Butler, no longer defensive coordinator. Really young offense, some new pieces on defense. Mm -hmm. How important are these types of settings, these offseason programs, for that, that new wave of, of leadership to emerge? 
I think it's important. I think any time that you can get the group together and uh, go through drills and, and, and uh, <clears throat> really understand what it is they're trying to do, uh, I think it's important. Uh, change is always uh, challenging, but sometimes change is always good, too. Mm -hmm. So I think this is going to be a fascinating year with uh, the quarterback situation. Yeah. I think even with, with the defense, like you mentioned, we have, we have different uh, – Gonna have a different guy on defense now calling the calling the uh, signals, right. um, and so it's the kind of year that you know it's going to either make fans happy <laughs> or it's going to drive them crazy. <laughs> but you how important is it for even if there is some hardships this year? It's so important <laughs> for these young guys to learn from that because this core could be together three years from now, and they can draw from experiences that they grew together, having, you know, not the best season in 2022, but that might help them have a great season in 2024. Well, I think most learning takes place when there's difficulties. And so uh, it's going to be some tough, tough games. It's going to be some tough times throughout the season. But that's how you grow and that's how you learn because you learn from those experiences. You know, when you win and – a lot of times, a lot of things that they should do, you know, get overlooked. Right. Sure. But when you when you lose, you point out every little thing, and it, guys can really focus and see what it is and see what it takes in order to be successful or to win games, to be able to finish. You know, you get in tough situations, tough games, you got to be able to close it out. And so I think all those kind of experiences make a difference. Absolutely, absolutely. Mel Blunt with us here. Mel, we appreciate your time. Before we let you go, anything that you're working on, anything that you need to plug, that you need to let the people know about, what, what you got going on in your life in, in the day-to-day? -day? <clears throat> well, we have, uh, you know, as you know, since 1983, I've been working with young people. We built a, a youth home in Georgia. We built one out here in Washington County. So now uh, we have this youth leadership initiative, which is to, really help young people grow and develop and become better people, be productive. <clears throat> we have the rookies. We're excited. They'll be out uh, to the uh, youth home next Friday. Awesome. Nice. Uh, and so they'll be working with our kids, with our young people. And it's, it's awesome because the kids get a chance to sit and talk and interact with these guys up close that they see on television all the time. So we've been having the rookie day at the youth home uh, since being rook since being Roethlisberger's rookie year, I can't remember was what was ninety something. But anyway, it, that was the first class that we had coming out to the youth home working with our kids. So we're excited about that. And uh, you know, I'm an old man now, so <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm doing some things for the home um, and riding horses every day and just kind of <laughs> enjoying life. Yeah. Love it. That's what Love you got to do. Well, Mel, we really appreciate you taking some time for us while you're out here. We know you got a lot of people you want to talk to and things you want to see. We, we thank you for taking the time and, and all the best with, with everything you've got going on and, and all the rookies next Friday. Hey, guys, thanks. Good to be thank with you, you Mel. Thank you okay. very much. Thank really you. appreciate it. Hall of Famer Mel Blunt with us there. We're going to take a break here when we come back. More from Steelers OTAs. Wes Euler, Tom Opperman. It's ongoing coverage on SNR. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. 
Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Mr. Rooney's backyard. It's Tom Offerman oh, yeah. and Wesley Euler here on Steelers Nation Radio. That's a pretty good nickname. It's very for, nice. We're yeah. back here, isn't it? Um, we've been fortunate here. This is uh, day six, as we've said a couple times, of OTA coverage. Um, it's been in the 80s and sunny and, and gorgeous pretty much every day we've been down here. Today, a little overcast, but we've been fortunate so far that the rain has held out. Um, you can hear some some crowd noise in the background, some different things going on now. It's a busy day down here at the uh, at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, Tom. A lot of alumni around. Um, Very some, popular today for some reason. Some, yes. uh, you know, some brass from some other local oh. professional sports teams hanging out as well, too, down here today. So it's a, it's a busy one. Uh, thanks to Mel Blunt for his time there as he walks across the field with his cowboy hat on. Now he's easiest guy to spot. I was literally going to say amongst and you know how it is you and i have both been you know we've been with with iheart and with snr for for a long time now you i think about maybe a year or two longer longer than myself we've done a lot of these different from draft coverage to otas to to training camp to steelers alumni dinners all these different things that you know that we've covered that we've been on location for it's it's always a who's who, right? I mean, you'll you'll see Mean Joe around, you'll see Rocky Blyer around, you'll see all these guys, but you're right, no one stands out like Mel Blunt because he's he still looks the part, honestly. He's still in good you know, he was joking around with us, I'm an old guy now, but he's still in pretty good shape and he's always wearing that cowboy hat. He could beat me in a forty yard dash. Right now. Right now, no question. He might beat me on a forty yard dash if I was on horseback. He would still probably win the race, but you're right about the uh, the environment that this organization has been able to cultivate for years and it's, years. It's awesome. It's just, yeah, it, it, you get to experience. You know, it's not just when you get drafted to the Steelers, you walk through the hallways and you see the pictures of the four trophies from the '70s, and you hear the stories of Mean Joe, and you see his pictures in the halls. You get to actually hear it from them themselves. They're almost all around now. Not, you know, consistently, but to the point where at least you're going to run into them once or twice throughout a season in these OTA settings at training camp settings. And you can pick the brains of one of the most successful dynasties in the history of not just the NFL, but all of sports. And you get to learn from these Hall of Famers and their experiences and, you know, swap stories from your era and their era. And that just builds up such a a culture that just continues to surpass most franchises in the NFL yeah. as far as, you know, consistency and you come to Pittsburgh, you know you're coming to a good organization that is going to have their head on straight that, you know, it, it, you might not make it in the NFL, but it's not going to be because you didn't have the best opportunities given to you by the organization that drafted you. So you're right about, you know, coming to these events and seeing all of the people from the past and the present mm-hmm. interact and, and be around. It's just it really illustrates just how good of an organization this Steelers organization is, both during careers and post-career as well. I think it's well said by you. And, uh, you know, that starts at the top. That starts with the Rooney family. That's something they have fostered here for 
uh, literally generations yep. now, and and we expect that to continue. And it is it's it's one of the cool parts certainly of our job and and being down here and getting to witness all of that firsthand. Tom, I did want to discuss with you here in the eleven o'clock hour. So let's do that now because we will we we haven't been told exactly who yet, but we will uh, we know we will have we got um, somebody two. coming. Yeah. We'll have we'll have we'll have some guests in the noon hour. Maybe another one for you here in the eleven o'clock hour. Uh, Devin Bush spoke yesterday for the first time throughout this process and. You know, I thought was pretty candid, was pretty open, was pretty honest. You know, he he talked about how um, he understands why the Steelers didn't pick up his fifth year option, but it really seemed con- the thing that stood out to me was he was a guy who seemed confident in himself that he will be back. I mean, he, he literally said, "I'll get a chance, you know, to play football again how I want to." And listen, I know a lot of people. Um, had a lot of not-so-great things to say about Devin Bush throughout the course of the last season, and I'm not going to try and sit here and sugarcoat it and act like he he was playing great or, or, or even at an adequate level at times. But there was a lot working against him last year. He did have, you know, a, a lot of injuries to the defensive line, which affects the linebackers. He did have his position coach, Jerry O, have an absence uh, due to the tragic passing of his wife. And he was, when the season started last year, eight months removed from ACL surgery, which is eight months, but it's not 18 months. It's not 20 months. Um, Devin Bush seems like a guy who is confident that he's going to be able to go out there this season and, you know, prove why he was the first-round pick, prove that he belongs, um, you know, as a starter in the National Football League and can have a lengthy career. Are you as optimistic as Devin Bush seems to be? Uh, Yes, I think I am as optimistic as Bush is. And I I like how he said, you know, this time last year they were managing my reps, so – it's different now because I go out as soon as they snap the whistle, as he put it. You know, it's not a matter of, you know, slowly ramping himself right. back pitch, up. There's and, no pitch count. No, not at all. And I think that that's massive for him in his development still because uh, that development took a hit with the knee injury his sure. second season and then having to try to come back from it in his third season. So, you know, you really only got one season of 100% Devin Bush, and we liked what we saw in that rookie season. And smarter now, knows the NFL game more than he did back then. Cerebrally, he should be able to think the game better than mm-hmm. he did as a rookie. So as long as the physical gets back on track, and I don't see any reason why it shouldn't, and everything he said so far says that he feels much better than he was last year, yeah, I don't see any reason whatsoever why he can't at least capture the similar form that he had his rookie year. Obviously, you want him to you know, explode past that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just think, you know, if you had to set a floor for him, I think that rookie year is the floor for him. I think he'll return back to that form, which is big because he made plays. Absolutely. He had a couple of big fumble recoveries. He had a couple of interceptions that year. He was an impact type of player. And I think that you can get him to be that impact type of player again this year, if not more so than we've ever seen from him because of, again, you know, being healthy on top of this is my fourth year now. I There's no real surprises when it comes to the NFL anymore for me. Yes, I, I, I think that's well said by you. And, yeah, you mentioned that rookie year, well over 100 tackles, two interceptions, um, a sack in there as well, too. He he was starting to scratch the surface. Um, and, and, you scored know, a touchdown, scored too, I believe. a touchdown as well, too. I, I, was that Chargers, right? Was that 2020? Was that 19 or 20? Anyways, I think it was rookie year. I think that yeah. was 19. Um, 
I I am listen. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm confident that he's going to you know live up to the top ten pick billing and that he's going to become one of the best off ball linebackers in the National Football League. But I think he belongs on a roster. I think he's a starting player in the National Football League. And another thing too, Tom. You know, you mentioned that that kind of you know that pitch count and limiting his reps last year. He was doing that during training camp and in these settings while also having his running mate switched. That's a good point. So he had, to, had to flip to Joe Schobert. So you know, it, it's it's one thing to be recovering from an injury, and, and it's another to be recovering from an injury and being on limited reps, and also having you know your partner, the guy that you need to develop chemistry and communication and camaraderie with, switch out in the middle of training camp leading up to the regular season. Now he's going to have all these phases. He's going yep. uh, OTAs here, mandatory mini camp at the end of the month, then into training camp, all those preseason games. He's going to get all those reps, not fully and completely him, not only fully and completely himself, right, but also with the guy that's going to be lined up next to him in Miles Jack. I think that's a big part of this equation as well, too, that that a lot of people are overlooking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you can, you know, build that chemistry and you can kind of, when you know what your partner in crime is going to do. As well as what you, you know what I mean? Like when you know where he's going to be and you're going to be, massive. it just it makes is. the biggest difference and it makes the entire defense flow better. And those two spots are just such a big spot on a defense for the NFL is those inside linebacker spots. You need those guys to really think the game like quarterbacks. And I don't think you can do that when, you know, you're moving pieces, you know, back and forth. And, hey, I just had, you know, this rapport built up with Spillane and now all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's a different guy in Joe Schobert now mm-hmm. and I have to kind of, you know, catch up with him now. I think it is massive to have, you know, consistency from the start of optional, you know, mini camps to OTAs to mandatory mini camp to training camp. You're lining up next to Miles Jack every single time the first team defense right. takes the field. Uh, that's going to pay dividends, I think, for this team. No, it absolutely will. And you know what, too? One of the things uh, ever since, you know, 2017 in the, in the tragic injury to Ryan Shazier, Mike Tomlin has mentioned a few times since then, you can't play fast as a defense unless you're fast in the middle of the field, right? And part of that is, too, when you're Devin Bush and you're Joe Schobert last season, and Joe Schobert is trying to hop on a moving train, right, to, to use a Tomlinism there, but you've got Devin Bush on limited reps because he's recovering from the knee injury at the same time, that makes the communication, that makes those guys getting on the same page obviously more difficult, more of a delayed process. And then when you combine that with all of a sudden they're out there on the field, they're maybe overthinking things. They're not communicating as seamlessly, right, as, as they could be. Then all of a sudden that hinders your ability to play with speed in the middle of the field like Mike Tomlin wants, like, like Keith Butler wanted, like Terrell Austin wants now. To have that speed in the middle of the field for your defense – you have to have guys just out there reacting and not overthinking, not struggling with communication, relaying calls, all those things. And last year, again, like it's, it, it might sound to some people like we're making excuses. It's just reality. And, and, you know, as an athlete, you have to control what you can control. There's always going to be factors around you that are, that are going to be out of your control. But I just think Devin Bush particularly, and, and, and Miles Jack as well too, if you want to compare that to the, to the Joe Schobert edition, they're just in better positions to succeed, to have this full off-season programs, to not be trying to, you know, to, to jump on a moving train while recovering from an injury at the same time. I think it's, it's just much easier for these guys. They legitimately have time. They don't feel rushed. And then when you add in you know, the, the, the health element as well, too, I don't think that you're 
you know, I, I don't think anyone is wrong to be cautiously optimistic that this could be a, a very solid bounce back season for Devin Bush. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned speed and how valuable that speed on the inside is. And Devin Bush speed was really such a, a a factor in them drafting him in the top ten and moving up to get him is that he was able to just completely you know be that eraser whenever yeah. a running back would get to the second level chase him down instead of a 15 yard gain it's only a five yard gain because i've got a speed to go from sideline to sideline that's a great point point. and i think we kind of saw a little bit of a step back last year but i don't blame him for that because of the extent of the injury there's that he there's suffered. there's rhyme to that reason yeah, yeah. there's there's you should have expected him to maybe take a step back speed wise now i'm curious to see after two years being removed from his injury is that speed going to be able to be built back? And if it's not, can he adjust mentally mm. to, you know, take a better angle to a, a running back to, you know, say, hey, I'm not fast enough to chase this guy down. I need to be in this position by the time he gets there or else I'm going to give up a pretty big gain here to the opposing team. So uh, it could go either way for me. You know, he, maybe he comes back, rehabs completely. Mm -hmm. He's got. 100% the speed he had at Michigan, the speed that the Steelers loved in the draft process, traded up to get him for, and that's phenomenal. He'll go sideline to sideline. He'll be that eraser. Or, and I kind of lean towards this probably being the case because of the extent of the injury that he had, maybe he is a step slower, and he's got to adjust mentally now to that, to being a step slower than he was. And if that is the case, right, having a guy like Brian Flores around now is is just going to be massive. That's something that, that Devin Bush talked about yesterday as well too. You know, he he called every Brian linebacker. Said that, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it is funny. We 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 talked to Miles Jack, and that was the, one of the first things that he mentioned as well too uh, here on SNR last week. Um, I I have to think that it is in a sense. There's there's a lot of ways I think for Devin to feel like while he's still with the same team, while he is now, you know, entering a kind of make-or-break season for him in terms of, you know, future contract negotiations and his career as a Steeler and all those things, he does, in a sense, have a clean slate. New defensive coordinator in Terrell Austin. Yeah, he's been on staff, but he, he, is, he is now the guy with the, DC, now, yeah. with the D.C. title. He's got a new running mate in Miles Jack, and they've got a full season, uh, a full slate of off-season programs to work together and, and figure all that out. And you bring in... A guy like Brian Flores, who when Miles Jack sat down with us last week, the first thing he said is, that, "I mean, that guy's a head coach. You know, like it's yep. I, I, I got a head coach as, as a position coach. So rare. That's that's a big. I mean, that's what that's what Devin Bush said yesterday. A big addition. He called Brian Flores. So I think for all those reasons, again, there, there's an opportunity. While the you know while the scenery hasn't changed for Devin Bush, he's still number 55 in the black and gold to really have a, a reset type of offseason and, and head into the, the, the new year with a clean slate. Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not going to argue there that he doesn't have somewhat of a clean slate as far as it comes to, you know, his establishment of himself in the NFL. I, I also liked what he said, you know, yesterday when he said, before that injury happened against Cleveland in my second season, you know, I was on track to be an all-pro, pro bowl type of player. And I don't think I'm going to fault him on that. I don't think he yeah. was too fa – he, no. might, he might be exaggerating a little bit there, but I don't think it was by much. I, I mean, over over 100 tackles and a handful of splash plays your he, rookie year, that's a, that's a nice start. He definitely was putting himself on the map nationally for sure, and he's kind of fallen off of that a little bit as of late. But, again, I like the fact that he, he's saying all the right things. And, you know, the fact that he's – recognizing that he was doing good and that I had that all pro kind of path in front of me right things changed and he didn't he didn't take that things changing as a negative he's using it as a positive he's saying you know I'm grateful for the opportunity to overcome something like that of a challenge instead of being like 
woe is me. Oh, sure. I was going to be an all pro, and then my knee then I got injured. Yeah. And now what am I going to do? No, he's using it as an opportunity to get even better. And that's the professional mindset. So as far as, you know, are you wondering if he checks the box as far as the, the mental side of things to be an NFL player? I think it's, it's very clear that he does. Yes, absolutely. And I got to think that that, you know, that gets that goes to even another level when hopefully he's not thinking about that knee all the time. because And that's what kind of what he said, too. You know, towards the end of last year, running miles on the beach again. He's cutting now. He doesn't exactly. think twice yep. about it anymore. Yep. And that's what people, and that's real. That's that what is. people say. They say, you know, it takes two years to get over an ACL devastating injury like that. One year physically, one year mentally. One year mentally to fully trust it. Now, you get freaks like Joe Burrow who yeah. did Ad- it in Adrian, Adrian Peterson who did it in months, like five yeah. months, right? Yeah, but There's that's, always gonna that's be the outliers. exception to the rule. Right. Yeah. But the, the normal process is a two-year process to fully overcome an injury like that especially a position like linebacker you're stopping and cutting 24 7 it's that's all you do it certainly is playing in the it's middle all of the field. reaction a running back and, is coming through the hole he's juking you out today's, you to today's nfl especially yeah. there's there's so much that you have to be mentally engaged with if you're trying to do all that and thinking about your knee at the same time that can be the half-second difference like you were talking about between maybe he loses a step because he's thinking of his knee in, last in, year in the past Not Right, but not no, that's subconsciously, of absolutely. course, not like, oh, absolutely. I can't do this because my knee might break. But you just, you just, you, you are a little tentative because you, in the back of your head, are thinking, uh, and is it fully back? That half second can be the difference between a, a three-yard run by the offense and a thirteen-yard run putting up by by the offense. Yes. Exactly. So yeah, we're all, I think, very, very uh, optimistic about what the middle of the field could look like with Devin Bush and Miles Jack. And you have to this be if season. you're a Steelers fan because yeah. again, this is a, a top ten talent, like. There was a reason he was drafted right. where he was. And and I and it's not like, oh, the Steelers had this, you know, infatuation with Devin Bush that no other team No, if they didn't trade up to get him, he was gonna go within the next couple picks mm-hmm. anyway. So he was going to be picked in the spot that he was going to be picked in. And that was towards the top ten in the top ten of the draft. So there's a ton of potential still there with Devin Bush. And and it's way, way too early, especially with the injuries that he's gone through, to pull the plug completely on him and say, Ah, this guy's just not gonna cut it in the NFL. And like you said to start this segment, he's a very solid NFL player. Like a very solid NFL player. Like, there's no question to me that he shouldn't be a starter. The question is, is he going to take the next step and become more of a star? Hmm. That's the big question. That is. Can that he is throw certainly. his hat into the Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick side of the ring? You know what I mean? And be those impact. Right. Make and it be, a fourth impact player. Be on one the of those guys too yeah. that can help bridge the gap from you know from from into this new era of Steelers yep. football. Uh, I think that's well said by you. Uh, we've had a couple people ask us, tweet us here, Tom, about the guests on today's show. All right. Well, good news for you guys. We just got word it'll be Akella Witherspoon joining us at the conclusion of practice. If you're new to this, that's usually about noon uh, when, when practice will end and when, when the guys will come over and sit down with us. We'll have Akella Witherspoon. It's very exciting. Big year for Witherspoon. I know, I'm, I'm excited to talk to him as well, too. Big year, big opportunity for him now, a chance to, to be the guy, gets the contract after a, a very, very impressive second half of last season. So we will talk to Akella Witherspoon, like I said, about a half an hour or so from now. You've got Tom and I until 1 o'clock, and then Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson take over with the drive from 1 until 4. It's day 6 of OTA coverage here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on SNR. Final segment here of the 11 o'clock hour live at the UPMC Rudy Sports Complex. It's our ongoing OTA coverage on Steelers Nation Radio. Tom and I are laughing down here. 
it is, it's, it's a who's it's, who, it's, man. It's, it's great. It's, to, a who's it's, who. it's, it's great to be back. We're, we're talking to Missy Matthews and Bob Labriola during the break. It's, you know, it's it's those little things, Tom, that you used to take for granted, right? But now, after two years of COVID and us being back down here on location for the first time since 2019, um, it is it's 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 fun to see everybody again. And, it and does get back feel more back to normal. I, I know last year, 2021, you had fans in the stands and things like that, and we did this kind of stuff as well. Training camp was obviously at Heinz Field instead of St. Right, Vincent's, right. but 2022, it feels like 2019 again. You know what I mean? It like It feels it like does. back to ramping things up to full-speed off-season programs, mm-hmm. off-season coverage, off-season access to the media, fan access to training camp. It, it's It's... It feels good. It feels good. And you're notice- I'm noticing that around all sports, like the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. Like, they finally feel like they're back to that yeah. kind of normalcy, if yeah. you will, to them. Yeah. No, that, that's well said by you. Uh, if you missed it at the end of our last segment, Akella Witherspoon will be our guest today uh, about 20 minutes or so from now. You know, practice usually wraps up uh, a little before noon, and then it's about, about 12 o'clock when they uh, come over here and sit down with us, 12, 12.05 in that range. Some of the guys sometimes staying out on the field and, and getting – extra work in as well too position uh, meetings they gotta get to things like that absolutely yeah, we won't keep them long we won't keep them long yeah, just about just about 10 minutes 12 minutes something in that range usually um tom i you know it feels to me there's there's you know in that kind of what is everyone knows that you and i have discussed it today i know you and jacob have discussed it moats and i certainly have as well too you know the the, the start of a new chapter of, of steelers football you know, we, we talk about the, the offensive line. We talk about Kevin Colbert. We talk about the quarterback position. We talk about, you know, defensive coordinator, all these different things. Um, but one of those as well, too, I think, is in the secondary. And, listen, you always have competition in these settings. You know, even it doesn't matter. Every team across the league, there is always competition at OTAs. But there's a lot for the Steelers this year. And I think we have focused – on the quarterbacks, obviously, because it's the first time we've had those conversations in two decades. We've talked a lot about the defense in certain areas. We've talked a lot about the wide receivers and the offensive linemen. Cornerback, though, is, is one of those for me as well, too. Because yeah, not, I get you. not 18 years like Ben Roethlisberger, right? But for a long time now, we've come into these settings, into, into new seasons, OTAs, training camp, whatever it might be, knowing, okay, Joe Hayden's the guy. He's he's the number one. He's your leader. He is the guy in that room. He's CB one. And now for you know for the first time in a few years, that's up for grabs. Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton. And I'm not sure there is a CB one out of that group, honestly. And, and a legitimate true CB one. That's what we're hoping to find out. Does it feel to you though like if there is Akella was that guy? I think he's got the most potential to be that guy, either him or Levi. And I think those are the two guys that are going to be on the outside to start the season. I think they're going to be your number one, your number two cornerbacks. Um, Play that's what, Cam. That's what the, the depth charts say right now. Yeah. That's what. That's what I think is going to end up playing out. And yeah, you can return Cam Sutton back to your home. But I loved the playmaking ability that we saw out of him, and I'm interested to ask him. You know, you know what kind of clicked for you at yeah. the end of last season? Yeah. And you know, you get three interceptions. You started three games down the stretch. And that kind of led into you pretty much becoming a starter here this year. So I want to know what he, how he intends to build off of that, or what you know he might have had click for him since he was traded to the Steelers mm-hmm. and was able to work himself up the depth chart towards the end of last season. But you're right, you know, when it comes to the NFL, you have to have that true number one, I think, to be successful. And 
Steelers have had forever. I mean, you think back to Ike Taylor. He was number one for a long time. Then you had a period of unknown a little bit, and you saw how poor that the pass defense was during that period of unknown. Then you go out and you get Joe Hayden. He's your CB1 for sure, no questions asked. And you start to see that pass defense become more solidified again. And then I, I think the tandem of Hayden and Nelson for the couple years that they were here was a very underrated tandem yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. And you saw how good that and how impactful it can be to have really two really solid cornerbacks, one, of course, being a number one. So you coming into this year, you kind of need one of those guys to really step up and, and grab that mantle. And I guess Akello would be the one that I would maybe lean more towards, you know, him being the guy that does that. But I'm open to either of them. I mean, it just, it just needs one of those guys to really – take that next step in their career. Yeah. And the beauty thing is, all three of the main three, Witherspoon, Wallace, and Sutton, they're all 26 years old. So, like, even if you have some growing pains this year, like I've been saying, we talked to Mel Blunt about that a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. Think about two years from now, all the things that they're going to learn through the trial by fire of this year and the next year. Like, then all of a sudden, all three of these guys are 28, 29 years old in their athletic prime, and they've been playing together for over uh, 30 games now. So uh, there's probably not going to be anything that's going to surprise them out sure, there. Their, sure. com- their communication should be A1 because it's been the same you know, main three mm-hmm. trio for the longest time with Witherspoon and Wallace as your outside and Sutton on the inside. So there's so much room for growth and there's so much youth. And we don't even get into you know, like Lane and Pierre. Yeah. They're, they're, they're on they're the right side the of mix. 25 as they're well. The mix, so yeah. like, there's so much youth in the secondary. Do I expect some breakdowns in communication this year? 110%. Is Minka going to have to really shoulder a lot of that load as far as being the, the guy who, you know, makes sure everybody's in the right spot mm-hmm. or maybe he has to cover for somebody that made a mistake? Mm-hmm. A lot's going to be on Minka's plate, but I think it's going to be worth it. I think some of the, the growing pains that you're going to have this year is going to be worth it for what you're going to yield a year from now or two years from now. I think so too, and I know a lot of Steelers fans won't want to hear that, because they just know, want to go to the Super Bowl. Because the standard is the yeah. standard, and and we, you know, that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I, I it is, but there's a process to getting to that Super Bowl, and there sometimes is. it takes a couple of down years to get it, there. You also have to you also have to believe and, and truly think that you're going to contend every single year to contend right. every single right. year, right. right? Like there there has to be a mindset there of of what that standard is. Certainly, if you want to achieve that and reach that bar, so I understand that completely. But, yeah, this is also the National Football League, Tom, where I think compared to, to any other league across you know, the major sports, if we want to talk baseball, hockey, basketball, heck, you could even throw Major League Soccer into the conversation too, right? I think in the NFL the gap between the worst team and the best team is smaller than any other league. I mean, the, even a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, can right? Beat the Colts in they the last can week beat of the, the year, Colts, yep. who are the hot team that everyone's saying you don't want to see these guys in the playoffs. Well, guess what? They had to beat Jacksonville to get in. And now the Steelers are in the playoffs. And now the yeah. Steelers are in the playoffs. That is the, that's the National Football League, man. the The parity is insane. The year to year difference is insane, right? I mean, fourteen teams made the playoffs last year, right? Seven and seven of those fourteen teams. You can you can assume at least half of those won't make the playoffs this year. That's that's just the way it works in the NFL. There's there's that much turnover. There's that much parity. In the context of that, it's been crazy impressive what the Steelers have done you know, throughout Ben Roethlisberger's tenure, throughout Mike Tomlin's tenure, you know, the last 15, 16, 17, 18 years in that range. But I do think with it as well, too, you have to be realistic. And I don't think any of us expect this team to stink out loud or anything like that. But if they struggled in the first six or seven games of the season, and there's some tough ones there in that early stretch, 
and then all of a sudden they start to figure it out and it looks better, you know, down the, right. the back half of the season. Maybe you still finish 7-10 and 10 or 8-9 and nine or something like that and you don't make the postseason. But maybe four of those seven wins came in the last couple weeks of the and, season. And you're feeling much yeah. better about yourself going forward. It's about building towards something right now. That, that's clearly what I think the direction that they're taking and what I think that fans who are realistic should be taking that approach as well is that – you know, you don't just get to move on from the Hall of Fame quarterback, have a have a all pro caliber. I know he never made one, but an all pro caliber defensive lineman retire yeah. early. You yeah. Know, you don't get to just have these kind of earth shattering changes befall your team and then immediately be right back into Super Bowl contention the next year. I mean, I know people hate to look at this team, but. Look at the New England Patriots and look <laughs> at what they've gone through in the past couple of years. And, yeah, they're closer than the Steelers are to probably being back to that point of competing for conference championship games. But they've also had a year or two more of a head start. Right, so, like, right. kind of look at them and kind of see what their kind of blueprint was and kind of use that as kind of like a uh, kind of use that as like a measuring stick and say, hey, just because we're not right there yet doesn't mean that we can't build towards this. Doesn't mean right. that, you know, Kenny Pickett's not our Mac Jones and that we can build towards, you know, the potential of having not immediate success after your Hall of Fame moved on. But you don't fall off. But a, a couple cliff of years either. to you, the Patriots were back in the playoffs last they year. They were seven they and nine and then back in the postseason. Smoked by the Bills. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That was a ritualistic sacrifice from the Bills. <laughs> Buffalo needed that exercising one. a lot yeah. of twenty year plus Tom Brady demons. A lot demons of frustration there. there. But they're back right back in the mix this year. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if they don't make the playoffs this year, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they sneak a wild right. card again and they're the six or the seven seed this year. So like they're almost back, and it took a couple years for them to almost get back. Exactly. So kind of have that same mindset with the Steelers. You know, it's they're going to be back. They're already on the right path. They already are doing Patriots-esque things where right. you're seeing the talent in that roster. you got right. guys like Judon in New England, and they've got a bunch of tight ends there now that they like. So you're able to say, hey, they got talent there. It's just about having all that talent come together and around a young quarterback. Same thing here with the Steelers. Hey, Najee, Fryermuth, yeah. uh, the receivers. They got talent. Defense player of the year, for God's sakes, on the defensive side of the ball. Now it's a matter of it all coming together. It's a matter of it all coming, you know, full circle and having Kenny really develop into that guy over the next couple of years. Yeah. No, I, I think that's well said by you, Tom. We're going to take a break on that conversation because we have got Ryan Shazier sitting down with us here at the SNR table. Ryan, how you doing? Thanks for taking some time with us here. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So uh, so let's get right into it. We don't want to take up too much of your time. We, we Earlier in this hour, we were talking about Devin Bush and just him coming, coming back from injuries and getting that confidence back and getting on the same page as Miles Jack. You know, what, what would be your advice to Devin as, as he kind of enters, you know, a crucial season here, not only in his development, but as it relates to, you know, his contract future and his NFL future as well? Honestly, I would just tell Devin just to be able to just calm down uh, work with work with Miles and just to try to understand and build a relationship with him, because when you have somebody that you're comfortable with, you're able to play uh, play off of each other. So if you don't understand one thing, you can lean on him, and if he doesn't understand something, he can lean on you. Because Devin still understands his defense and knows his defense sure. uh, better than Miles may know it right now. So as La Miles being a leader, he's going to learn it pretty quickly. But it. it him already knowing his defense, I think they can be able to lean on each other. And once he finds somebody that he can trust and he can lean on, he understands that he'll be able to uh, play at his best uh, ability. 
You mentioned the trust and being able to lean on somebody. How crucial is that for that position, to know that your partner is going to be in the right spot, to know that they're going to check their boxes and you only have to worry about yourself? So it's, it's really important to have somebody that you can trust because in that position it's not not really that you just worry about yourself. You still have to worry about everybody else because you are the, the hub of communication. So if you may be focused on the D-line, he can focus on the secondary. Or if you're focused on the you know one half of the field, he can focus on the other half of the field so having somebody that you can trust that knows like hey you know ryan we're going to cover three defense make sure we tell cam to go over here obviously cam's going to know where he's going to go but if you don't remember to do it you can have somebody that you trust to help you understand and put that person in position one of the things we get a lot of tweets a lot of phone calls you know from from fans questioning us asking us who's going to wear the green dot who's going to wear the green dot how how big of a deal is that the person you know that that has the the radio in their helmet and is in you know charged with relaying all those signals to the defense? The biggest thing about the green dot is just making sure you have somebody that's going to be calm under pressure, because it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of things that happen throughout the game. It's almost like a storm is happening. It's like you're the eye of the storm. Right. Everything else around you is kind of chaos, and then you just have to be the calm part of it. So you want to make sure that you have somebody that's not going to get flustered or if they have a bad play, they, you know, frustrating and arguing with people, you want to make sure somebody's calm. So having a green dot is pretty cool. It's, it's obviously, everybody's like, oh, man, this guy's a leader if he has the green dot. But that doesn't really technically mean you're the leader. It just means that you're one of the best people that can uh, have a calm mind but then also relay the information that the coach is trying to relay to everybody. Ryan, you're obviously no stranger when it comes to being down here at the facility, at OTAs, at training camps. What do you enjoy the most about still being around the team, you know, getting to talk to the guys? What are some of the most enjoyable moments when you're around here? One of the things about just playing in the NFL or playing sports is the camaraderie. So there's a lot of guys that are still my old teammates that I play with, but even some of the newer guys I'm getting to know, it's always great to just to have that brotherhood of playing in the NFL together. But then also there's a lot of old coaches, old staff members that I've talk to build relationships with and still have connections with so just being able to see them because i haven't seen them in a while yeah and covid uh, uh causing sure. a lot of people not being able to be around it, it, it makes it good just to be back here with the team last one i've got for you before we let you go we know you're you're always heavily involved doing a lot of foundation work you got anything going on this summer anything you need to let the people know about so i'm just really excited about the ryan shades here from we just had two wonderful events uh last month but uh, one thing that I'm, I'm really excited about is uh, we have something coming up with Caliente's Pizza, which is pretty cool. It's um, good pizza. Great pizza, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do something with them as well. But it's just um, just being able to help individuals who have spinal cord injuries and then constantly pr- uh, create programs to help individuals with spinal cord injuries. So um, I'm really just excited about it. If, if people want to learn more about it, it's uh, org. And, you know, if you want to give back, you can definitely go in there to learn more about it. But uh, I think it's just really important just to give back because I've been blessed through my life with the game of football, but also with my rehab and the support I've I've had. So I just want to be able to give back to individuals as well and, and, and bring a community with it. Tell us that website one more time. RyanShazierFun.org. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. All the best with all the work that you're doing, and uh, and good seeing you back around here. I uh, appreciate you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> there he is, Ryan Shazier. we got to get to a break. When we come back, Akella Witherspoon on the other side. Another hour with Tom and I here, live at OTAs on SNR. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, 
planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards.